Hi, my name is Cassie Prolongo, and I'm a science communicator at the Bay Area Environmental Research Institute here at NASA Ames. And if you could please introduce yourself, just say your name and a little bit about uh, what you do. So, uh, hello, my name is David Moore. I'm a first year graduate student at the University of California, Los Angeles. Currently, I am working with Dr. Jonathan Mitchell on the development of tropical cyclones on terrestrial and aqua-covered exoplanets. That's really cool. Okay, so we have to get into that. So you're, you're doing atmospheric and oceanic sciences. Tell me a little bit about tropical cyclone development. What is this all about that you're doing? Yeah, so essentially, you know, came across as when I was like, you know, seven years old. I have always been interested in, or in a seven, nine years old, 2007, yes. I got into hurricanes when I watched Hurricane Dean during the 2007 Atlantic hurricane season. And I could just remember a lot of what was going on, like the damages that the storm was causing. I was like, what is this force of nature? How could it, you know, what makes it tick, so to speak? And so that's where my love for tropical cyclones came from. And this kind of just cascade into my career in terms of me going towards college. Particularly, I went to Nassau Community College in the fall of 2016. I uh, stayed there for about two years as a liberal arts student. I just wanted to get my grades up and be able to, you know, transfer to the school I really wanted to go to at the time, which was UAlbany, which is now my alma mater. You know, had a great four three years there. And then I ended up graduating with a bachelor's degree in abstract science in the spring of 2021, so relatively recent. In terms of my research when it comes to tropical storms, my whole thing was to just pretty much, you know, understand not only, okay, how does the rain bands form? Where, how does the storm form in the first place? Do you need uh, initial disturbance or does it just form out of thin air? What parameters do you need to look for? Things like that. So. I have always been interested in trying to understand that and also learn about certain things that, you know, you normally don't hear about when it comes to hurricanes, like lightning and hurricanes. That's something that have often been brought up as one of the most exciting, as one of the more exciting things about them, as well as rapid intensification, which is something that, you know, many tropical meteorologists are still trying to figure out how to identify over time. So that's something that... For me personally, I've always been interested about in terms of tropical cyclones. It's just the new and exciting things rather than the things that have already been established. You've always been naturally curious, it sounds like, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to these sort of things. How important is curiosity um, if you're going to pursue a science discipline? I think it's very important. I think it's one of the biggest things that drove me to where I am today is just my curiosity about you know certain things that happen in the atmosphere. The thing about me is that I've always been someone who likes to say things that happen at random or happen kind of, you know, they're not, it's not easy to detect type of things. And so that's where, you know, atmospheric science comes into play in, in which the atmosphere essentially acts as a fluid and it's hard to really gather what's going to happen next or how intense a storm is going to be based on what you're seeing on either radar or satellite or even just numerical models in general. So it's something that I've always been curious about. And I think when it comes to how far you go is how big your curiosity is. If you say, oh, I'm interested in you know business, I just wanna 
do something on Wall Street, then that means you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do college and perhaps even go into grad school if you're if you're interested in that type of stuff. Long term, you're pursuing your PhD. You're gonna go on to work in the sciences. So, where do you see your career developing over the next some odd years? That's a good question because, on the other hand, part of me is like you know I've always been interested in working for National Weather Service. I actually did an internship with them during my time at at U Albany. I was like, well, this work is cool and all, but it's very like kind of like your daily, everyday type of job, typical nine to five job. So it's not. It became very, I guess, the best word is tamed for me. And I wanted to do something more exciting. I wanted to do something in the field. So I was like, okay, maybe maybe I could work for NASA one day. Maybe NASA GIS, which focuses a lot on space weather and space science in general. And I know that there are a few people there that. Work particularly on exoplanets、um, as well, and going between some my research focus. So, I think that for me, it's a it's one of those things where it's like we'll see, because obviously there is a lot of things that have to go have to happen. I didn't know I was going to be part of Sasa when I first joined grad school, so you know things happen for a reason, I guess. Yeah, that was a perfect segue because I wanted to ask you about exoplanet stuff. <laughs>、uh, so we know that exoplanets are planets that are outside of our solar system.、Mm-hmm. We're still learning so much that's happening、um, because these are these are planets that are like they're far, they're far. You're studying or plan to study weather pattern on exoplanets. Can you talk a little bit about that? Of course. So currently, my advisor. Jonathan Mitchell works a lot on a lot of the weather events that happen on Titan,、okay. and so it's one of those things where it kind of we kind of just click in terms of just where we want to go with my project in terms of where I see it going. And so far, I've been doing a lot of background reading on just tropical cyclones that happen on Earth. Obviously,、mm-hmm. that's all we really know. But the thing for me is that how can we bridge the gap? Between the two subfields, the field of planetary atmospheres and the field of tropical meteorology, and how can we say, well, tropical cyclones happen on Earth, right? Well, can they happen on other planets? Can how how intense are they? Are they as intense as what we see on Earth, or are they weaker? Or can, are, can we have stronger hurricanes than we normally see? And that's something that has always piqued my interest in terms of like the out, like going out there, like going to Not only just another planet, but going into another way of thinking about hurricanes. Can't wait to read more about whatever you decide to publish on that, because that's—I mean, it's, that is a huge field, and I know we study weather patterns on different、uh, planets and moons, as you indicated. But that is fascinating about other exoplanets, because we're still discovering. We've only discovered, like I think, a little over five thousand、mm-hmm. exoplanets currently. So this is a very Newish to us, at least in the public domain field. So that's so cool, awesome. You have been involved now since you're you're just in graduate school. Give any sort of advice to people who are looking to go into a STEM field but not sure if they want to pursue like a graduate degree. Like, what kind of advice would you want to give them? That's a good question.、Um, I think the one thing I would tell my younger self is just to follow your passion. In terms of whether you go into STEM field or not, the reason I would say that is because, you know, when I first came into grad school, I had all these plans, you know, of what I was going to do. Right now, 
I'm more focused on outreach than what I thought I was going to be doing when I first came into UCLA. So that's something that I've always kind of followed is that follow your passion. Don't care what anybody, don't, you don't have to worry about what other people are doing. You don't have to worry about what people say about you because what you do is what you love to do. Yeah. My whole thing is that if you let people get inside your head about what you should be doing, because I've had people told me that for years now in that, in that the crazy thing about it is that when it, when it came to atmospheric science, when I went to you all, I was the only black kid in the room. Mm. And the reason why I want to emphasize that is because the reason I get onto meteorology is because I love it. I mean, just like other people, you know, other people go into sports. Why, why, why do some people go into tennis? Why do people go into golf? Because they love it and they enjoy it on a day-to-day basis. So why can't I do the same thing? Yeah. Uh, and so that's where my love, or that's where I kind of go with it in terms of that you don't have to listen to society in terms of if you want to, you know, be successful, if you want to be famous, you have to go into this, you have to go into that. I don't want any of that. I yeah. just want to be happy. And this yeah. is where I find myself the most happy. You're on the right path. If you've already <laughs> discovered that now, <laughs> you're on the right path. And sometimes the best laid plans, you know, it, you have, it sounds like you also have to be open to things like changing too, because it can be, well, this is what I'm going to do in this amount of time and I'm going to be here. And it may not be a direct path. There may be some interesting things. Like you said, you're doing more outreach, which maybe you didn't anticipate, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because perhaps down the line, uh, more opportunities will come your way because of the outreach. So in that regards, I want to segue in something that you're dealing with right now, uh, diversity in STEM and also outreach combined together, the SASA program, which you are going to be a, a mentor for. And SASA stands for the Student Airborne Science Activation. So that's coming up. You're going to be part of that. It's going to be over the summer. What what do you want to get out of it and to be a, a mentor with these uh, undergraduate students who are coming on as the first cohort for SASA? I think what I want to get out of it is being able to be there for the students. These students coming in remind me of a lot of myself in terms of what I had to go through in order to get to where they are currently are. You know, I want to be there for them in terms of giving them not only academic advice, whether they want to go to grad school or if they want to find a job in the field, but also I want to be there for them in terms of giving them life advice, in terms of how to navigate through undergrad. Obviously, a lot of them are freshmen and sophomore students coming in. So I know that the first, at least up until the junior year is going to be pretty rough, but uh, the thing is, is that question is how can I navigate that how can I be better at time management how can I even though I'm still trying to get better (laughs) but how I get better at time management how do I get rid of things like imposter syndrome I think that's something that's often plaguing a lot of students especially from underrepresented communities of whether or not they belong in said STEM field for example so Mm -hmm. that's something that I often want to emphasize is that you know, as a mentor, my job is not only to help the students from a standpoint of the careers, but I also want to help them in terms of how they can navigate through their lives as they go through those type of careers. Yeah, it's forming a community, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An important community and one that lasts um, for a long time. I feel like you're like me. Are you a big brother by chance? 
Yes. <laughs> I'm a big yes. sister. And I was like, he's a big brother. I can already <laughs> <laughs> We have that part of us when we're one of the, the older siblings that we want to take care of others. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so I have one more question. Uh, this has been a, a great interview and I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Who would you say has been very influential in your life? Has it been like a teacher, family member, um, even a childhood memory or a hero that you would like to share? Who's been really influential for you? Oh, that's a tough one. I have technically three people that are very <laughs> list all three. List all three. <laughs> well, first I would like to say some of them are actually friends with me now, but one of the first ones is my one of my professors at Nassau Community College. Uh she was a mere she is currently or I think she's retired now from atmospheric science, but she used to do a lot for me in terms of giving me getting me back into the flow of atmospheric science. When I was in high school, there was like a diversion because when I was younger, I used to be very into atmospheric science. I used to be watching the Weather Channel <laughs> like every day, you know, watching different shows like Weather Change History, It Happened Tomorrow, things like that. And then in high school, there was some type of diversion where I just started getting more into sports, which is not a bad thing. I kind of veered away a lot from atmospheric science in terms of do I see, really see this as my career choice? And then she got me back into it. Like her, I guess, drive to teach students on just the basics of, of, of meteorology was something that was very influential for me in terms of, you know, shaping my career. And I still talk to her to this day, you know, tell her how I'm doing and where my, where my career is going, things like that. So she's been very influential in terms of, you know, getting me back on my career path that I want to always be on since I was a kid. Um, another person was is my um, was my <laughs> undergrad professor, uh, undergrad advisor, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Professor Ross Sazir. He is a professor at the University of Albany, um, Modern. And you know, I always went to him when I was you know feeling down, or if I just you know asked me to ask a question about something that was bothering me in, in terms of a topic in in, in meteorology. And he was always there for me when I always need him to be. Got me thinking that I can have fun in atmospheric science and not just do work 24 seven, 365. Be happy, but not feel like what you're doing is constant work. That's something that I really admire him for is that, you know, we could be in class talking about supercells and he would bring up a joke about supercells and then we would all laugh. And it was <laughs> one of those things where it made the class, it made something as hard as understanding the, the mechanism of severe weather in our, in, on planet earth to where it made it seem like, oh, this is not too bad. So mm -hmm. it, those type of things I kind of, you know, admire about him and I'm always trying to communicate and connect with him as, as much as I possibly can. And mm -hmm. lastly, I would say my mother, uh, she mm -hmm. has been, a rock for me throughout this whole ordeal. Uh, there's been many times where I, you know, wanted to be, <laughs> I've been saying this since I was a kid, but I always said I wanted to be the best meteorologist in the world. No. And she was, you know, always there supporting me, despite the fact that we've had, um, you know, tragedies in our family in terms of not only COVID, but in, in the past, she has always 
supporting me in whatever I do. You know, without her, I wouldn't be where I am today. That's some, mm-hmm. those are the three people that I feel like are the ones influential in my life. Oh, sounds like you've got a good support group. And you're paying those life lessons forward because you're going to be a great mentor for these students who are coming on board with SASA. Okay, well, David, thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing your life, your journeys, your research. Sounds like you're going to be studying cool planetary, exoplanetary weather systems in the future. I'm going to be reading about you at NASA. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you.